How's it going, Odd People? You are listening to the Odd People Podcast, and I am your host, Matt the Cat. Today is episode number 71, and with me today is Hayes Reed. He is the man behind the Black Swan Ministries. He is a seer, a mystic, a healer, an all-around Renaissance man. You can find him on social media at the Black Swan Ministries. Uh, he goes live a lot, which I really like. Uh, he has a ton of great information for everybody, and he's, he's a great person to learn from. So definitely check him out. You can find the Odd People Podcast on Instagram at oddpeoplepod. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Facebook. The Facebook account is there. There's a Facebook group that I urge people to share things to. There is even a TikTok with very little (laughs) stuff on it. You can go to oddpeoplepodcast.com to find info about the show and to purchase merchandise at the Odd Shop. There's prints on there. There's links to bracelets, custom bracelets made by my wife, Lavish Beast. There is a new section on the website for links. Every guest... That has ever been on the show. There is a link to their social media or their website. It's all there. There's links for everybody. I hope you enjoy the show. That parade you were yeah. at? What was that all about? Yeah, that was super. That was Super Sunday. Um, super Sunday is a Sunday, um, basically where the Mardi Gras Indians. Um, come out and they come in all their attire, you know, they come in all their beaded up, done up, embroidered outfits. And the Mardi Gras Indians are basically, um, you know, the indigenous peoples of the land who got together and um, with like other black people down here and created their own kind of Mardi Gras Indian tribe to celebrate Mardi Gras and, you know, have something for you know, those indigenous folks, you know, something special. So oh, that's they call cool. it Super Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, that looked awesome. Yeah, it happens one Sunday a year, I guess. That was my first time going. I've only been in New Orleans a year and some change. Um, okay. So it was my first time. And yeah, it was amazing. It was really made a lot of food, lots of drinks, people, you know, in the middle of the street having a good time. Nice. Yeah, it looked really cool. I was, I was impressed. So I have with me today, Hayes Reed. Yes. How's it going, Hayes? How you doing? Thank you. It's going good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, good. Can you tell the listeners uh, who you are and and sure. what you do, what you're all about? Uh, awesome. Okay. Who who I am, what I do, what I'm all about. Oh, such a loaded thing. Um, so <laughs> um, my name is Hayes Reed Third. Um, I'm also known as the Black Swan here on Instagram of the Black Swan Ministries. I am an astrologer. Um, psychic intuitive reader. I work with the tarot, um, a hoodoo Baptist mystic, um, you know, working in occult uh, studies and arts. Um, and I'm also a tarot reader at Reverend Zombie's House of Voodoo here in the French Quarter of New Orleans. Nice. Do you speak French at all? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I do know not it's a, speak a, a, a big part of <laughs> New Orleans, you know, the French Quarter. Totally. Yeah. It's a big tourist area and a lot of French buildings, French and Spanish architecture from the colonial days that remain. Yeah. Right. You, you have the black swan ministries. Yep. Uh, What is your, um, what is your like life goal with that? My life goal. Yeah. Well, I'll say, I'll say my life's work um, with the black swan ministries is to minister to people. You know, um, this is a ministry that has been birthed through my own pain that I've turned into power, that I've turned into gold, that I've turned into, that I've alchemized into gold from lead to be able to administer to people, you know, healing and, you know, sound advice and counsel. Um, You know, besides my tarot and astrology, I'm also a Reiki specialist. I'm uh, certified in Reiki, uh, Reiki 2. I'm going to be moving on to Reiki 3. Um, and I'm also a singer, so that's a big part of my ministry. Um, singer, songwriter, actor, writer, I rap as well. 
So I, nice. I got a lot going on. I got a lot of different flavors in my can of tuna here. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Yeah. Multi-talented. So, totally. Totally. So what is your background like, you know, growing up? Was this something that was a part of, you know, your life uh, as a kid? Were you around these kind of things, the tarot and all that stuff? Sure. Um, I was not around tarot. I was pretty much raised in a Christian faith. And I grew up around many preaching women, um, some preaching, teaching men, but mostly preaching women. Um, you know, who are really trying to, you know, tear the word of God down into us, you know, as young little black souls. Um, my grandfather on my father's side was a Baptist minister in LA. Uh, my grandmother on my mother's side is currently an ordained pastor. And um, I did not grow up around that. I, I was a big Harry Potter fan as a kid. So yeah. I think that's where, you know, I, I would, I would, when I was living with my grandmother as a kid, I would have be reading the Bible and Harry Potter at the same time. And I'd have like one on top of the other on the kitchen table trying to just decode it. I, I love <laughs> Harry Potter. Harry Potter to me was the, just like the Bible. It was, the Bible was magic to me. You read about some God who can create all things, create the whole world, created humans. That, that sounds pretty fucking magical to me. I want to know this person. Yeah. And I also wanted to get to know Harry Potter. So right. yeah, that's my background pretty much. So how did um, how did you get into doing what you're doing? How, if it didn't come from a childhood thing, you know, being raised uh, around it. Uh, when when did your life take a turn where you wanted to be more involved in doing sure. what you're doing? Yeah. So around the year of between the years, I should say, of 2014 and 17, I came into some very very intense and jolted spiritual awakenings. Um, at that time, I was a member of a non-denominational Christian church where I was singing on the praise and worship team. And I was going through a lot of transformation, a lot of personal transformation at the time with my identity sexually, um, my friend groups, and just really working to figure out who I was in the world. And it led me to meeting certain people, certain persons who kind of had that lock and key for me. And um, I just came into my own as a black male, you know, as a gay black male within my own community. And that brought me into a lot of great opposition and tragedy. And yeah. so kind of from there, things really took a turn. I started to seek greater knowledge, greater wisdom of things that just started to really come and download to me, whether it be from people, whether it be out in the world, like, I, like the things I started to think about would, would appear. And, and, and I was starting to just get all these clues. It was like breadcrumbs from the pastors, you know, from the teachers and the leaders, and then it mirrored out into the world from other friends. And, and it just kind of rolled over into this snowball of, you know, me leaving the church eventually, being sat down for the praise and worship ministry because of my sexuality. Mm. Um, and I, I went through a lot at that time. I went through a lot and um, ended up, I was raised, born and raised in Pasadena, California. Um, which is a suburb within the LA County outside mm -hmm. of the city of LA. Uh, if anybody's familiar with the Rose Bowl, the Rose Parade, right. that's Pasadena. Okay. Um, and uh, ended up moving back with my mom after sleeping in the car for about a year. And I just needed to find redirection, but I heard this voice. So it was like this voice was right above me the whole time guiding me. And I believe that that was my ancestors ultimately kind of tearing shit up in my life and putting me in situations to really face myself and to face my fears and to find courage. Um, and so I eventually, you know, going back to my mother's house where they, she had been living for a few years with my brothers and sisters in Lancaster, I, I started to, started falling into meditation, um, learning about some traumas that I experienced. I experienced some, you know, forms of mental, emotional, financial, and physical abuse um yeah. and it really really broke me down it was one of the worst but also best parts of my life because yeah. it catapulted me into this trajectory of super spiritual and emotional and psychological discovery so it was a double-edged sword i met i met a really hard pit you know i fell into a really hard pit but god and my ancestors pulled me out and i'm really grateful for that 
And I was able to find meditation in different forms of therapy, you know, self-therapy through that. And astrology and tarot just kind of found me, you know, as a little kid, kind of hearing about God, hearing about Jesus again. For me, that was my background. And it was like a saving grace. And I just started to unpack so much through these tools and modalities. And, you know, I learned a lot on my own, but I, I yeah. knew that I was on a path for greater reawakening. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, yeah, that was 2017 to 18 yeah. that it really kind of, and if anybody kind of, you know, reflects back on that time, I think a lot of us at that time can kind of really reflect on some catalytic kind of jolting things that took place at that time. Yeah, do you think there was a, like a collective, you know, uh, spiritual shakeup at that time, 2017? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll I tell you, starting in, it starting in 2014 for me is when I had the vision. I, I literally, so going back, you know, before even the astrology, when I started really going through my awakening in the church, I, you know, my pastor at the time, this female pastor who's an amazing woman, I'll never forget, uh, Pastor Jean Birch, um, tell a fire, had his fire message, really revolutionary woman. You know, she was, um, one of the few women pastors that I knew, at least in the city or, or period. And she really was doing some revolutionary things. And um, the word, you know, the word that was coming through her, the message at the time was so cosmic. And I remember just one day having a vision, like a little vision of, if anybody's familiar with the tarot, it, what, it, what it would look like would be the tower card. I just mm. saw the structure just break. And I was just like, this is my life. This is the world around me. This is about to happen. I didn't know exactly what, who, where, and why, but I knew that I was about to be catapulted into something major. Yeah. So what, what inspired you to just set forth on this, this journey and being like the main, the main guy, wanting to start the Black Swan Ministries, wanting to just take it all on? Why not, you know, just follow it and sit you didn't want to just follow and sit back. What, what inspired you to really come right. forward and, and do it, do it your way? Right, right. Well, um, I've always, for the most part, been a, a speaker, a communicator, and some would say a leader. And, you know, it was no different when I was in institutional religion. Um, I, I met a lot of people you know, at, at my, in my sense, you know, when I was in the church, I, I like at that time, again, you know, I'm a singer, my, my dream, um, since 12 years old, 12, 13, roughly has been to perform, you know, I started off in, in middle school doing musical theater. Cool. And that had been my dream, you know, and also singing the church and then moving on to record my own music. And I found that, in pursuing that, that there were other spiritual gifts through like my awakening and everything I was going through with the church that I had. And I just kind of grew at that time into this person kind of within the collective. I really don't know how to fully explain it, but there was something that was brewing. You know, I met somebody in particular who, um, you know, I coined a lot in a lot of ways, my initiator, you know, my, my, my door, but who also in a lot of ways, you know, and I, and I talk about this and feel comfortable because I know that there's, I'm not the only one who's gone through this and other people may hear, but, you know, they were also my, my, uh, my, my abuser, you know what I mean? They abused me in many different ways. And through that time, I was able to kind of, I would kind of pick up on a lot of things um, through that person, around that person that unlocked some things, you know, and it sounds very unconventional and very kind of just radically charged, but that's really, really the best way that I could say it. I, I met not just that individual um, who was a, who is a, a blood relative, um, but other people who really were pointing me and nudging me in a direction, who were seeing my talent, seeing me speak up. Um, I was singing background for several artists um, at the time between the years of 2014 and 17. Yeah. And I was really, really working to break into the music industry, but I also knew that I had this gift of speak, speech. I knew that I had this level of understanding about God, you, you know, people in the universe. And, you know, it just really took me facing myself coming into confidence about 
my sexuality, I think that's really where that kind of dropped for me. The ball, the anchor kind of really just said chink because I had to learn about my identity and how to stand up for myself um, in the face of, you know, older people, you know what I'm saying? People yeah. in the church, people who felt like they had power in some ways more than I did. I was had I was being forced in a lot of ways by the universe, God, to kind of stand yeah. up. And I just at that time, something manifested this message, this need for truth, this need for justice. I think for me, what it's grown to is it goes way past sexuality at this point. And what it to, goes to really for me is the right to, you know, choose my identity and choose your path. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I had to learn through a lot of judgment. You know what I'm saying? I went through a lot of judgment. And again, you know, after coming through an abusive, you know, partnership situation, um, mentorship, and just all this toxicity, coming back to my mother's house, kind of pretty much needing to kind of fend for myself emotionally, I, I, I just started to see that I, the only way for me to heal from those experiences and also take the lessons was to share with others, you right. know, and to help other people to find empowerment as I was looking for it myself. Um, as I said, once I came back home to Lancaster and I had to face my mother, I had to face my brothers and sisters, I had to face my grandmother, um, I had to face myself and I just heard a voice. There were signs. I, I started seeing angel numbers. 444 was the first one that I saw. And when I looked up what it meant, it said that angels and ancestors are guiding you. You're on the right path. And I just started to I really build my own faith. And um, I just knew that it was time for me to speak up. And so in at that time, like I was transitioning from jobs. Um, yeah. I ended up not having a job for about two and a half years where mm -hmm. I stayed home and just meditated. You know, my mother lives on Section 8 and she's also has her own business, catering business. You know, so like those things, you know, I come from, you know, uh, um, you know, a line of a lot of trauma, you know, a lot of, you know, not having a whole lot of resources, kind of always struggling, you know, but a lot of love. And so, I, you know, I just, the spirit universe, God has had me just on this journey. And so when, when I wasn't working, I decided, you know, I may not be working, I may not be making money, you know, I know that I'm going through these emotional transitions, but I know that I have other tools at my disposal to help me where I'm still can be working. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not going to be idle. So still I still be making a difference somehow. I can still be making a difference. I could be building yeah. myself up. I started reading a lot of books. I started studying, you know, Buddha. I started studying and looking into African spirituality mm. uh, and just really, really coming into the knowledge of like these ancestral gifts. You know what I'm saying? After coming out of the church, it really right. hit me. You know, and I started to learn about the, the the details of the transatlantic slave trade and, you know, how, you know, voodoo and all of these other, um, you know, Ifa and the Orisha and how all these things had been demonized by Western culture and the colonies. And I started to say, wow, so this is what all that really brought me into was to learn about that. And this is the greater truth. It has so much less to do with me and what I'm going through. There's a whole collective shift happening and I may be lost right now, but I know that I'm being led by this. And so um, long story, so, you know, fast forward, um, I end up connecting with a friend of mine who I knew back in high school and from two, since 2008, who lived in New Orleans, um, whose parents were from, whose mother's from New Orleans. My father's side of the family's from New Orleans. Mm. Um, my grandfather and grandmother came from New Orleans up to LA back in that great migration period. And my grandfather had multiple businesses. He was a Baptist minister. Um, as I said, he had his own food truck on auto shop. So, you know, I come from this line of, you know, people who are great, you yeah, know, entrepreneurial. entrepreneurials, you know, I, on my mother's side, which I primarily grew up with, you know, I, I had that too. I had that as well. I had that, I had that. I had a lot of hustlers and people who were working to get themselves established, but mostly survival-based, you know, things, you know, like, you know, my grandmother, um, who was an ordained pastor, you know, had her own daycare, you know what I'm saying? She was always preaching the word. My, her grand, her mother, my great-grandmother was, um an evangelist and a praying woman you know what i'm saying so i just had all of this in me 
And I brought all that with me out of the tragedy and just knew that there's nothing else for me but to study these astrology and um, finding out my own birth chart, you know, understanding yeah. that, you know, Sagittarius sun. I hope I'm not jumping too much all over the place right now. No. When's your birthday? Uh, my birthday is November 29th. Okay. I'm December yeah. 20th. Oh, okay. You're right. So you're right on the cusp of. Yeah, I'm on the cusp. Sag- you are at very at the smack dead end of Sagittarius. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, that's pretty that's pretty savage right there. <laughs> is it? I don't even know. It is. Yeah. Um, so I, I I have a question because you sure. you, you hit on it really quick. Yeah. You, you said you looked into your ancestral, you know, uh background, your your heritage. How much does the um you know African heritage? and African religions, how, how do they tie in at all to like any astrology or any sort of that thing or, or any sort of, you know, uh, yeah. Western religions and things like that? Because I think so much of that was lost for, um, you know, African-Americans. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. How, I don't know. Cause I'm the, the white guy. I, you know, right. I don't know uh, how much, how much was that? How much of that was lost, and how do you use it with everything you do? Yes, I do. Um, well, the thing that people should know is that astrology is not originally Western. Yeah. Astrology comes from the East as well as Africa, North Africa, Central Africa. All of those teachings, all of these things that we use, all these sciences, all of these arts really, really were cultivated by Eastern and African indigenous populations um, and was spread out throughout the West of the, the rest of the world. And that for me was just kind of did it for me. You know, that for me really solidified my path. You know, it really, really answered a lot of questions of why I grew up naturally wanting to understand this big source potential, this God magic, you know, you know, I didn't, now I call myself a magician and I, but when I, you know, growing up, I, I didn't even, you know, of course I didn't think it was real. I loved it. I wanted it to be, but mm-hmm. I'm like, and it obviously is, you know, but it's, it, it just tying that in together with all of, of what I, my curiosity as a kid. Um, and so finding astrology kind of in, in, in a African traditional practices, beliefs, philosophies, kind of all rolled and happened at the same time. And, and um, I started really learning about uh, Egypt and understanding, you know, the, the, that pantheon, the Egyptian pantheon, the Egyptian God, learning about, you know, that every God was really a correspondent to nature and understanding the different stories of Egypt and, and Mesopotamia and Sumer and even the Hindu, you know, the Eastern pantheon, um, how the stories of the Bible creation was really taken and evolved from all those things. And um, understanding astrology, understanding that the Bible is, you know, the Bible, Holy Bible, the, the origin of that word is Helios Biblios, which is Greek mm. for sun book. So what people don't know or fail to realize that the Bible is a book of astrology. Mm. It's a sun book because you're talking about the son of God. That is the sun that moves every day. You know what I'm saying? That rises, you know, and falls. And it's it's a book of astrology. It's a book that was uh, tailored after this this original word of God, which is the stars. So how how do you think, like we have such a different, I I feel we have such a different interpretation of the Bible. Sure. As opposed to how it was probably originally written, however sure. many years ago, you know, and I, sure. I personally have, I'm very against organized religion. Sure. You know, I grew up Catholic. Sure. Okay. Probably kind of the worst of the worst. <laughs> it's the original church for sure. You know, but it's, you know, and I've had this conversation before with people that are like, you know, very religious you know, very Christian. And I, I usually just let people talk. I don't 
invite i'm not inviting you on my show so i can argue with you <laughs> you sure, know about sure. religion and, or anything and, sure, and i'm just sure. giving i'm just giving you my opinion sure but, sure you know and and when i was growing up and i had you know we did the uh catechism which is like the sunday school during the week sure. you know you're supposed to go to church on sunday and then you do catechism i think it was like tuesday night my argument was always um if god is everywhere mm-hmm. god loves us and all mm-hmm. of, you know you go down the list why do i have to go to church every week <laughs> that was i'm like can't shouldn't we be outside shouldn't right. i just go for a hike or sit in a field like it to me sure. to me growing up in my limited knowledge of being a child yeah you know you have this being fed fed into you on one end the religion part and then the other part of me always felt different. I sure. always felt like that was the last thing I wanted to do. If I wanted to be in tune with God and the universe, to me, it was always the universe sure. as a, and, and the earth rather than physical, you know, God, uh, old man with the beard in the sky, sure. <laughs> you know, as a yeah. little kid would picture it. it was always like, yeah. well, shouldn't I Same. be in tune with the earth and, you know, everything? Right. Shouldn't I be uh-huh. outside? You know, that was always my. That was always my issue. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. was, I was, I had it kind of uh, trying to tie it into your heritage and yeah. all of our heritage is, you know, yes. as, as people. Yes. And I just think, I just think you, you're on such a good path. Yeah. To, uh, to teach people. How, do you step away from, you know, like the church that you grew up with? Like, are you, are you totally not against it, but how how does that play into it? Cause I mean, I'm totally against organized religion sure, in that sense. And with you being a gay man, yeah, you know, and them being so against that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying not to put words in your mouth, but you know, are you, uh, you know, are you, are you totally like wouldn't it's step so foot in a church anymore or is it are you right are you okay oh no it? i would love to step foot into a church it's funny because you know to for me to clear so my story is very unique and original because i didn't grow up in church per se oh, okay you understand what i'm saying my grandfather was a baptist minister i've never seen a sermon i'm sure when i was he died when i was he died when i was maybe three or four my this is on okay. my father's side i didn't grow up really with my father's side All like right. that. i yeah. know my father i know my grandmother um, but I don't like my relationship with my father has been very hard throughout my life. You know, um, I grew up mostly with my mother's side, heavy, heavy on my mother's side, huge family. Um, I, um, as a little boy was taken to church by like my godmother and I'm, you know, I had an auntie, you know, my mother's sister. So it was like something that was really sprinkled on me. And like, I, I saw the culture but in my own immediate household, like in my mother's house, like my mother, she grew up going to church often, but she did not instill that in her, her children. Like All I right. decided at 12 or 13, 12 years old that I was going to go to church for myself. All I decided right. at 12 that I was going to get saved and that I was going to go meet the Lord. That was me. I just, it was in me. It was like, I needed to do that for myself. And I think after looking at everything now, you know, I was, I'm the oldest of six children, you know, um, my mother at the time was, you know, married, you know what I'm saying, but not to the best person. So I think I grew up with this keen sense of awareness that there was a lot of problems in my life. So the way that I sought to fix that and to promote for it was to find fellowship. So for me, it wasn't even so much about going to church. I just knew that I needed to fellowship with others. And I think right. that that may be the kind of more specific to the heritage of maybe Africans, not that of Caucasians or Europeans, white people don't find value in getting together, but yeah. there's just a different need, you know what I'm saying, to get together amongst African people because we have been separated from our lineages and from our families and from our native tongues. Yeah. So for me, I, I felt that and I knew that and I said, I have to be an example of that. You know, so the heritages are a little bit different in that regard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I so mean, I think, yeah. And, and I think it was, you know, uh, ba- I don't know anything about Baptists. Um, 
right. church or what goes on at, <laughs> in a Baptist church. But growing up right. Catholic, it was very much you go in, you're there. Doesn't seem like anybody wants to be there. <laughs> Nobody's right. really interacting. It's actually frowned upon to interact during the service. Uh, wow. They, they used to do different. a, uh, they, we had that one moment where they say, oh, geez, I can't remember off the top of my head what the priest says, you know, peace be with you. And everybody shakes hands at that point with the people around you, peace be with you, you know, and if I were a church with like cousins and they weren't next to me, you'd, you'd go throw up a peace, <laughs> hey, peace be with you from far away. But that was the one and only time in the whole church that you had any interaction with anybody else. And then oh, afterwards, okay. they would go into the basement of the church and have like pastries and coffee. And I remember very vaguely a few times doing that. But it was like, I think it was like if it was a rainy day, we would do that. If not, my dad wanted to get home to cut the grass or, you know, whatever, like spend the day doing anything but church stuff. Right. But that's how, you know, that's how it was. So it's not True that church definitely wasn't a looking forward to seeing everybody in your community kind of thing. Not for us anyway, not for my family. I see. You know, getting together with anybody at all was family. And that was it. Like we didn't like cousins and, you know, all the relatives. I didn't yeah. grow up with any need or want to be with people up until the last few years when I wanted to start this podcast. Wow. I was on Instagram. I was following all these incredible people like yourself and all the other artists and other people. I've talked to people on the podcast that I didn't think would ever say yes, or, you know, I'm grateful for everybody that's been on this show. Cause this has been me wanting to connect to people. And recently I've had a lot of things go on in life mm. where I've wanted to talk to people with your kind of background with a more uh, connection to like the spiritual side of everything. Amen. Yeah. You know, that's, that's and, and, you know, I had to ask about the heritage thing because, you know, I don't know how far, you know, I don't know if this is even too personal or whatever, or, you know, I don't know how far back, you know, of in your, you know, your family history. Right. But I'm very limited. I, I came from only a couple of generations ago. I came from a lot of like orphans and uh -huh. people that really did. We have no idea how we got here. <laughs> All I know right. is that we got here in the last, like, you know, maybe less than within the last hundred years, both right. sides of my family came here and I have no idea exactly where they came from before that. So, right. Yeah. Like, do you know how far back your uh, lineage goes? That's a really good question. I, I, I don't. Um, I don't know where, what tribe or what country I come from, but I've been thinking so much about that. And I just feel like every time I think about it, I think about having to spend the money for that kid. And I'm just like, I, it's just like other things kind of get in the way. I'm just like, I need to um, kind of re, re, re that kind of renegotiate in my head how I'm going to do that. I don't know. And I, I want to know, but I, I mean, I think I have an idea. I, I believe when I, when I look at myself and I see some of the traits and the patterns that I follow spiritually, um, that I, that I could be possible. I'm, well, I'm definitely from West Africa. Um, but I also have, you know, indigenous blood. Like my mother is Creole. I have Creole blood. So, okay. you know, I've got some indigenous roots here. So like, it's no telling, like, how many of my people was already here in the Americas, you know, as well as the people that came, you know, from that came and made it with them people on the boat. So, right. you know, it's deep, you know, it's a whole gumbo. And, and going back to like the church thing, like how you said that there was you know, interaction in Catholic church, completely different from African-American church, yeah. completely different, completely different. We had music, um, you know, organists, people hugging, crying, falling out laying hands on folk it was completely different type of thing we i'm not saying that we as kids like again i grew up in the 90s you know and i, I grew up you know in my my household i happened to be special the one that wanted to go but it church is something with to look forward to when the when that's your life it's it's 
it's pretty exciting. Honestly, you go and see a preacher. They're not just reading from the Bible. They're preaching. They are speaking from their experience. They're, that, them preachers are speaking from their soul and they are affecting people. People are lifting their hands up. People yeah. are getting delivered and saved and sanctified. It is an experience. Yeah. You know? Have you ever been to a Catholic church? I have not. So there's music, but it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And there's a lot of sitting and standing and kneeling. It's a, it's a workout. It's like a, but it's, I heard. it's, it's not cool. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'd feel different about organized religion. If I went to a different, I had a different upbringing as far I think as you would. I think you would. I think you would. Cause I, cause I think that what I'm understanding about organized religion is that yes, there is that structure, but within that structure, I think that, um, you know, African-American peoples has been able to kind of create, a different structure within that structure. You know what I mean? It's something that has multiplied and evolved just due to, you know, the psychologies and the behavioral patterns of, you know, people who, you know, again, you know, we all know the history, uh, you know, yeah. who have been stripped and, and, you know, it, it's, it, it very, very much mirrors a lot of what goes on in African plate, you know, peoples, like the whole, you know, getting like in Africa, like, like, you know, like voodoo, voodoo, or, you know, like there's a lot of possession within African, you know, communities, you know, you're getting possessed by spirits, ancestors, you know, in church, you know, I, you know, I, I, I would see the old women, mostly it was women who was really brought me to church. There was men too that I saw, but no, no man really, it was really the women who had that need and had that foresight. I, I grew up watching women fall out and speaking in tongues and mm. and Lord, 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 and just like, that's all ancestral connection. I didn't know that little. They said it was catching the Holy Ghost, but right, right. now I know different. It's 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 ancestors. It's energies. Yeah, I feel like women have a, a. I wouldn't say an easier time, but they definitely connect more to the spiritual side of life than men do. do. And you know, they I do. grew up with my grandmother. My great grandmother were uh, tower tarot readers and fortune tellers. Oh, so I cool. grew up around it. That's why I asked yeah. you earlier if you grew up around it, because wow. I, I did. And then when, I, but I was a kid when my great grandmother died, and she was really heavy in it, uh, like into it. And I didn't, uh, you know, I just thought that was normal. So I didn't, I never really like read into it or wanted to read into it. And until now, until as when, when I got older and I started trying to learn about it more. Totally. You know, um, wow. So do you have any words of advice for today before I ask you some odd questions? <laughs> do you have any feelings about today? Um, about today, about today, like the era today or like today, today? Uh, today today i guess <laughs> whichever, okay whichever oh, you'd like to spiritual advice you're saying. yeah any spiritual advice for uh the the season we're living in we'll put it that way <laughs> okay well we are in airy season right now um and i would say today you know get motivated to to expand, get excited about change right now, do something different, do something you've never done before, do something authentic. Um, today is Tuesday, which is Mars Day. It's a day that's ruled by Mars, which is the god of, you know, the planet of action, war, masculinity, sexuality. So, so today is a really, really good day to get excited and get fiery and start something new, you know, uh, show up in a different way, look for a new plan, look for, look, do something new, change your name, change your hair, do something. Um, because this energy is not going to let up on you if you are just being stagnant. Nice. Yeah. That's good advice. <laughs> yes. Okay. So now is the part of the show where I'd like to ask you some odd questions. Okay. Some of them like have to do with, you know, what you do. And some of them are just random questions. Sure. You ready? All right. <laughs> I'm ready. So what is your guilty pleasure? What is something you're sort of embarrassed to Ooh, am I embarrassed like. by it? Oh man, my guilty pleasure. I love I love wings. I love hot wings with, with blue cheese. Me too. I love them. I love, love, love hot wings with blue cheese. I just had some last night. Nice. 
That's awesome. Yeah, that's my guilty pleasure. That's for sure my guilty pleasure. So if somebody shows up at your doorstep with wings. I got some hot wings and blue cheese. I'm I'm, going to grab it. I'm going to push them off my patio. (laughs) Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. Give me those wings. See you. Mine, 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 mine. (laughs) Uh, If you could be any animal, what animal would you like to be? Uh, a snake. A snake. Snake. Yep. A snake. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite band or uh, musical artist? My favorite band of music. Oh, that is so hard. Um, <laughs> Stevie Wonder. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what superpower would you like to have? Oh, God, that's a really, really good one. Uh, I would have to go ahead and say invisibility. Cool. Invisibility. So what would you do if you, if you were <laughs> invisible? I can't tell you that. <laughs> that's good. No. Okay. If I was invisible, what would I do? I mean, I'd probably try to like, hop on some type of ride somewhere and it's like if I can't you know if I'm gonna travel it's like I use my invisibility to like you know show up somewhere or like (laughs) uh, yeah yeah other other than the obvious right (laughs) (laughs) visit some celebrities you're a fan of maybe right exactly (laughs) so where would you like to live anywhere on earth uh but you can't pick where you live now where would I like to live on earth, anywhere on earth, but I can't pick where I live now? Yeah, except oh, yeah. where you I live can't. now. Where, where you. would you like to live? <laughs> oh, oh man. I would like to live maybe Hawaii. Cool. I've never, have you ever been there? I never have. Yeah, but me neither. I know I want to go so bad. Yeah, I think I really need to go first. It's probably probably more fair to say that that's somewhere I'd like to visit that I've never been before. Um, I want to feel like I want to give another. Where would I live? I I probably like somewhere that I've see. I haven't been. Well, okay. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll so I'll say I want to visit Hawaii, but where would I like to live? I would really love to try out living in D.C. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. For any particular reason or. I love like the hustle and bustle of it, like the architecture, you know, even though it's all, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, colonizers and all that <laughs> other shit. Yeah. I, I would like to live there because I visited there and I just love the energy. It was very, very my speed. And there's just a, a, an energy there that's pretty, and, I don't know, it's pretty jazzy. Yeah. What's an unforgettable experience that you've had in your life? Oh man, um, what's an unforgettable experience that I've had in my life? Um, I think an unforgettable experience for me would be when I sang background for Macy Gray on the Conan O'Brien show. Um, that was pretty unforgettable because at that time I was singing with one of her background singers who was my lead praise and worship leader. And I went to her house, um, you know, got to rehearse at her home, got to meet her kids. And to be on the Conan O'Brien show, it was, it was my first time on television. And so I was pretty much a dream come true at that point. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Macy Gray. Jeez, I haven't thought about her forever. I tried to say goodbye and I choked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you could visit any time in history, but only to be a fly in the wall you can't affect anything you can't change it right uh where and when would you go man i probably would choose anytime in history i would have to say oh god um the times in the reign and powers of egypt yeah I mean, Egypt's still around, but, you know, the time yeah. of pharaohs and the time of, you know, when it was happening, man, out there, I, that's, I would want to sit and look at all that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, man. That's really cool. Yeah. If you were to have a dinner party and you can only invite three people, any <laughs> three people, living or dead, uh, which three people would you pick? Oh, my God. 
These are really good questions. Um, oh, Jesus. My grandfather, who is deceased. Um, Stevie Wonder. And uh, Buddha. Cool. That sounds like a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> My grandfather's like sister, inter- Stevie really Wonder, who's a musical genius, and, and Buddha, who is who is the enlightened one who taught us all the gift of meditation. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really good. So I know um like you had mentioned, I've been following you. And I know you've been starting to drive. <laughs> yeah, actually, driving in a car a lot more or learning. Right, right. I actually haven't even started. I'm like right now working on taking my driver's permit. I'm studying right now. All right, cool. Uh, so what would be, what's your favorite car? What, what kind of car would you like to have? Oh, a Jeep. A Jeep. Jeep? Yeah, a nice. Jeep. Yeah, Wrangler or some otherwise, but a Jeep for sure. Sweet. You know, you could probably find a some good cars down, down there. You know, what, what happens up here in Massachusetts uh-huh. is in the winter, they put salt all over the roads to keep oh. it from icing up. Uh-huh. And that completely rots away cars. Really? So cars don't make it past. I mean, unless you're the car is very well taken care of and it's garaged and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Unless you have money. <laughs> in other words, cars don't usually last longer than, you know, 20 years without, you know, being a rust bucket. So down south, I um, know there's a lot of real good old cars. You could probably find a cool old Jeep. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I think you're right. You're definitely right. It's, you know, it's um definitely going to try to find one that's been used or somebody's trying to sell because insurance out here is a motherfucker. Is it really? Yeah. Oh my God. Five hundred, four hundred dollars. It's crazy. Cause a lot of a lot of a lot of you know, New Orleans is crazy. A lot of people that uh, drive drunk out here and a lot of noob drivers. They just it's a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> Noobs. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Well, good luck on that part. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. So if uh would you rather be able to communicate with Bigfoot or aliens? <gasps> aliens. Cool. Aliens. That's, that's saying that they want to communicate with us. <laughs> right. That's if they want to. Oh, God. I've gotten some interesting answers on that. Some people are like, yeah, they're already here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Damn, sure I they might be first. Because I'm like, damn, aliens, that's something like everybody would say. I'm like, damn, what would it be like to communicate with Bigfoot? Damn. Yeah. He, but, just, wants, but, he just wants to be left alone. <laughs> right. So I'm like, aliens, they might have something to really share that I could use. Yeah, true, true. So yeah. in regards to what you do. Yes. Uh, what, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, just to stay encouraged and be yourself and know that you don't have to be anybody but who you are, but anybody but who you are, and nice. that will be enough. Right. That's really good. That's yeah. Really, that's a good advice for anybody. <laughs> totally. What is your favorite part of the process you've gone through so far with all the learning that you've done in the last few years? Um, all the people that I've been able to meet, it has been extremely exhilarating and magical and just, I can't even describe to you what it's been like to meet so many people through this, what I would say is my, this faith that I've cultivated, um, more than the readings I give, more than people, you know, being in awe that I'm able to kind of break their lives down for them or at, you know, and things like that. That's great. That's amazing. It's really just been connecting with the people and sharing. That's the best part of it all for me. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. 
So how can people contact you? What's the best way to get a hold of you if if, if people want to? <laughs> yeah. Um, the best way to get in contact with me definitely would be my social media platform, which for right now is Instagram um, at the Black Swan Ministries, the Black Swan Ministries. Also my email, the Black Swan Ministries at gmail.com. Uh, those are the best ways you can get in contact with me for now. Um, I'll also be putting up a Patreon real quick, real soon. So that'll be something that people can uh, subscribe to to get more exclusive content from me. Um, and otherwise, yeah, get on Instagram, DM me, um, email, email me at the gmail.com and you know, set up a consultation with me, birth chart readings, tarot card. You know, I'm happy to do it. Cool. Thanks, man. So that's all I have. Wow. That's all I have for you. <laughs> it was well, really, really so nice much. talking to you. Yeah. This was amazing. I really enjoyed myself. I, I love the questions. And just <laughs> thank you for providing a space to for me to share and just your interest is really pretty refreshing. Yeah, thanks, man. It was really uh, it was really nice having you on. It was nice talking to you. It was nice learning from you. Hopefully we can uh can yeah. get together more and Please, I would love to enlighten more people. (laughs) Yeah, I'm down for that. I'm down for that. Let's do it for sure. All right, man. Thank you so much. All right. Blessings to you and yours. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much to Hayes Reed for uh, joining me on this episode. We had a great conversation. He is a super great guy. Uh, He's got a lot of great information out there. Definitely go follow him, the Black Swan Ministries. I want to thank you for listening today. I really appreciate all the fans of the show, everybody that listens, new listeners, old listeners, everybody. You guys are great. You uh, odd people really help me (laughs) continue doing this. Um, Every time I want to quit and just say, geez, not not that many people listen. I'm ready ready to throw in the towel, but... Somebody comes out of the woodwork and says, dude, I listened to an episode. It was amazing. It was great. And the people you have on are wonderful. The odd questions are funny. And, you know, so I I definitely get a lot of encouragement from you guys. And I just want to let you know I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I appreciate even if you're a brand new listener. This is the first time you've listened. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. I really, really, I can't say it enough. It means a lot. Um, So I want to thank you course for listening today and i want you to enjoy the show and i hopefully you follow uh the black swan ministries and odd people pod and uh enjoy enjoy life (laughs) hopefully you tune in next time stay creative stay inspired and as always stay odd